Are you ready to revolutionize the way you enjoy food and essentials at home? Introducing DashPass from DoorDash, your ultimate ticket to convenience and savings. With DashPass, you gain exclusive access to unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders, along with members-only deals and discounts that will leave your wallet smiling. Whether you're craving the flavors of your favorite restaurants, need groceries from across town, or anything in between, DashPass ensures that everything you need is just a few clicks away, delivered right to your door. With DashPass, not only do you enjoy $0 delivery fees, but you'll also benefit from lower service fees on eligible orders, making it the most affordable way to satisfy your cravings and stock up on essentials from your local favorites. What I really love is how quickly DashPass pays for itself. On average, it takes just two orders, which makes it a no-brainer investment for your budget. And as if that weren't enough, DashPass grants you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, adding an extra layer of excitement to your DoorDash experience. You get all this for only $9.99 a month, which is a small price to pay for unlimited convenience and savings. My family and I have had DoorDash for the past year or so, and while I make most meals at home, I don't know that I could mom without it. I used it twice just this past week while we were dealing with a stomach bug at home, and it was so nice to have and to be able to focus on getting better and not running all over town to pick everything up for everyone. Don't wait. Sign up for DashPass now and unlock a world of possibilities, all from the comfort of your home. DashPass from DoorDash, delivering joy, convenience, and savings straight to your doorstep. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. Hi, and welcome to the Moms and Murder podcast, a true crime podcast brought to you by a couple of moms. Uh, with me today, as always, starting today and furthermore, is Mandy. Mandy, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, my name is Mandy. <laughs> Very excited to be with everyone. Um, hopefully, this podcast goes off without a hitch. Uh, we're hoping to kind of have a podcast where we discuss different cases that everyone might be familiar with and hopefully a few that maybe you don't know a lot about and we'll just do all the legwork and share all the details with you. Uh, so today for our first case, we decided being residents of Central Florida that an appropriate one would be the Casey Anthony case and I'm sure many of you have heard of this case. I don't think there would be many that haven't. No, I doubt it. It's one of those uh, you think you know, but you have no idea type cases. And we've done the whole you have no idea part of this uh, research, so you didn't have to. Um, So we're going to jump right into our first case tonight and talk a little about uh, Casey, um, Kaylee's mom. So Casey Anthony was born on March 19th, 1986 in Warren, Ohio, sorry, Warren, Ohio, to Cindy and George Anthony. Um, Casey also had an older brother, Lee, and I don't know if you remember, but early on in the case, you saw some clips of Lee and then nothing from Lee. So I think he always tried to distance himself, um, which is very understandable from this case. Um, So at some point, 
not really sure. I don't know if you saw anything about that. Um, they moved down to, down to Central Florida. And uh, George was in law enforcement, and Cindy was actually a registered nurse. By all accounts, the Anthony family looked like a regular old American family. Um, there was really no major signs of any trouble to come um, other than by the time she was in high school, a lot of friends noticed that she had a little habit of telling some white lies, um, you know, like walking for graduation, but not really That's graduating. A more than a little white yeah. lie. Would your family love if you graduated? They and would they, love it. They flew in from all around and you walked <laughs> only to get to the end and there's no diploma for Mandy. Yeah, I don't think they would be too impressed, uh, especially my grandfather. I think he would be really upset about that. And then, you know, later you became Casey Anthony. So there would be a lot of things stacked up against you that your family might not be, you know, thrilled with. Uh, but I digress. When Casey was 19 years old, she was still living at home with her parents uh, in, at their home in Orlando. And one day she went to visit her mom at work and confided in her that she was pregnant, but she would not say who the father of the baby was. And there's still rumors uh, about who the father is. Nobody really knows. Um, but on August 9th, regardless, uh, 2005, Kaylee Marie Anthony was born. And uh, it was a really happy time in the Anthony family's lives, even though the pregnancy was a little bit rocky and... There's been some rumors that the Anthony's really did not accept the pregnancy initially, but uh, by all accounts, everybody was extremely excited when Kaylee was born and she was just the light of their lives. Um, there's a lot of evidence that Casey was a good mom and there's a lot of pictures that, you know, it looks like she had a happy childhood for what little of it that she was fortunate to have. That got dark. <laughs> I went there too soon. <laughs> Got a little jerk there. No, but everyone that we, uh, we actually watched a documentary, a three-part um, docu-series, if you will, on investigation, investigation discovery that I would definitely recommend you watch. Um, there were interviews with George and Cindy, and um, you actually saw, saw them like telling their side of things with no repercussions. They weren't in court. There was um, nothing but them telling the truth. And it was really interesting after all this time to actually hear the truth because it felt like for so long we just got little snippets in court and rumors. And if you're on Reddit, of course, there's tons of rumors. And we enjoy those as well. But it was nice to hear things come directly from George and, Cin and, George and Cindy. Do you know when that was... When that came out, that ID? Um, I think it was April or May of this year. Um, so it was just a few months ago, if I'm... Okay. And I know that George and Cindy had done a few interviews in the past, but this was definitely a lot more in-depth. I feel like they really got to have their voice heard this time around instead of just, you know, I know they were on, like, Dr. Phil and some of those that... Are little... you not calling Dr. Phil a credible source? Because... I mean, you know, it's touch and go with Dr. Phil. Touch and, go. <laughs> and you know, honestly, I don't see why anybody didn't head up to Maury for this whole baby daddy situation. They might have gotten a few a few good episodes of TV. I'm sure it would have been at least very entertaining. Must see TV is what I say. <laughs> so during this time after Kaylee's birth, uh, Casey did have a job at Universal Studios that was confirmed that she did work there. Um, not exactly clear on when she started, but it is confirmed uh, through detectives that worked the case that she did not work there after 2006. 
So little Kaylee was born in 2005, and sometime the following year, Casey did not work at Universal anymore. I'm not sure if she got fired or quit or if anyone is really clear on that, but she did not work there. Um, so during that time, though, she was telling friends, family, anyone that would listen that she was at Universal. She would leave her home with her daughter to drive to Universal. She never made it to Universal and bring her daughter to go to the babysitter, Zenaida Gonzalez also known as Zanny the Nanny, and you will hear that name more times than you care to, and more times than I care to say. Um, but that was a big part of this, that she was leaving, um, and by all accounts, everyone thought she was at work. And if Mandy here told me she was at work every day and dropping her kids off with a nanny, I would believe her, because telling somebody you're doing that and not actually doing it seems crazy for lack of another word and how you can continue to do that day after day after day and no one finds out I don't understand like how did she have money you know I really don't know but from everything I've gathered it seemed like Casey had her ways of getting things out of people that she wanted you know she was could be a little bit manipulative and it, with her web of lies, I'm sure she had plenty of ways of getting people to either buy things for her or support her financially in some way. It sounds like she stayed a lot at friends' houses, boyfriends, anyone that she could find a couch to crash on. And I think she pretty much just brought Kaylee along with her for all of that from everything that I've read and can tell. Well, at that age, though, if Kaylee's one, two years old, she's not going to be able to tell somebody hey, by the way, we never made it to my mom's work. I don't know where we're going. And she's probably stealing out of your bank account. Right. I don't think it, a two-year-old could say that. If she did, she was even smarter than, um, than the average bear. By all accounts, the girl was very, very smart. Uh, we hear later on from Casey's roommate's boyfriend, right, of her intelligence and all the puzzles they did and just seemed to be a very bright, and well-rounded little girl. The boyfriend's roommate. The boyfriend's roommate. Right. We're getting very detailed. We're not even going to tell you his name. We have Googled his name, but for goodness sakes. Right. And we forgot to mention, we really are not professionals at this. We're not investigators. <laughs> We're not any kind of, we don't have any credentials. We just like talking about this stuff. So if there's a little bit of gaps in some of the information, it's not on purpose. Um, you know, we're just moms who we are moms who like to google right <laughs> and if you're listening to this podcast there is a chance you are a mom and if so you like to google and also your husband doesn't understand your love of all things google or true crime and we're okay with that and that's why we're here we are here for you so now that we've gotten a little bit of the backstory uh under our belts i want to get into the heart of the matter which really is the day that kaylee disappeared or I guess was last seen um, because there's a little controversy over the day. Well, there's not anymore, but there was because Casey originally told the police that she had last seen her daughter on June 9th, 2008, uh, when she claimed that she had dropped her off to the nanny as usual before her work shift at Universal. And she told the police that she went to pick Kaylee up that evening and there was nobody home. So she sat around and waited Tried to get a hold of the nanny, but mysteriously, her phone was shut off, which is really coincidental if you ask me. You know, child missing, all of a sudden, nanny's phone isn't working. 
No one's too panicked, though. She's definitely She was not, not worried. She just thought, you know, maybe they were at the park. So she even went there and looked for them. And, of course, they weren't there. Allegedly, she went to oh, the park. Allegedly, <laughs> right. Yeah. I, everything she said, we should probably put the word allegedly in front of. Right. It goes of without this, saying. Have, right. Yeah. Anything that comes that. from Casey, we can assume probably isn't exactly true. Not 100%. But you know. <laughs> I, I always like to give people the benefit of the doubt, but... This In this is, case, I feel like you could <laughs> take your kindness, throw it out the door, and just it's so know that she's not telling the truth all the time. Mandy's much nicer than I am. I just see the good in all people. I do not. Even Casey Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anywho, so that's what the original statement said, was the date of June 9th. Well, we have come to find out, of course, that that was not true. People had seen Kaylee... Um, and it was verified that Kaylee had been seen even after that date. Uh, the most noteworthy one was that on June 15th, Cindy Anthony um, had swam in the Anthony's home pool with Kaylee. And after they were finished, they went to visit Kaylee's great-grandparents, who were Cindy's parents, um, in Mount Dora, Florida. And they visited uh, Cindy's father um, at the nursing home. And there was actually a picture taken of Kaylee and her great-grandfather that night. And the police did verify that the date on that photo was June the 15th of 2008. Um, and after that trip, uh, Cindy and Kay Kaylee returned home to the Anthony residence. And I guess presumably Kaylee went to bed with Casey. And that was the last time that Cindy Anthony saw her granddaughter Kaylee. The next morning she went up. Uh, woke up and went to work early while everybody in the house was still asleep. So she actually stated that she didn't even know who fed Kaylee breakfast that morning because she was not there. So you're saying that Cindy woke up and went to work, like an actual job she went to. Correct. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yes. Woke up early, <laughs> went to work. <laughs> um, so something that I found that was interesting is that Casey had a very long, it was actually 80 minutes long, um, phone call that she initiated with her boyfriend at the time, Tony Lazaro, and that was on June 15th, late, late at night. It carried over to 1.05 a.m. the next day, and then after that phone call ended, the two of them proceeded to send text messages to each other basically all night long. There was constant texting from 1.05 to 1.54 a.m. Honestly, that just makes no sense to me. I can't imagine what you would be talking about at that time. Guys, we are old. We might not be really old, but we're getting there. And my bones are tired. And the idea of texting anyone in the middle of the night, unless somebody was dying, um, I'm not interested. And if you text me in the middle of the night, um, unless you are dying... I'm not interested. Right. Although, keep in mind, Casey was, what, early 20s, 22? Fine. She was young. We are, we are not there. But even at that age, I feel like, well, I guess in some cases you would. If you were in love and all that mushy stuff, maybe you would. Well, this is a boyfriend people. that she had for like six weeks, I think. I don't think. So definitely love, like definite, real love. Definite love. Okay, got for it. For sure. So after they finished texting at... Around 2 o'clock in the morning. There was no activity for a little while, but then Tony did text Casey again at 2.57 a.m., and then he called her, and she picked up, and they talked for 14 minutes at 3.08 in the morning, um, which to me is just very strange. Like, do these people sleep? I. It well, seems like they've just been up all night talking and texting. I don't understand how she holds down a job. Wait a minute. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's why she's not working. She has phone calls to make, Mandy. 
I, I guess so. <laughs> uh, so Casey sent one final text after the phone call at 3.22 a.m., and then there was no activity for about four hours um, from 3.22 until 7.30 in the morning. And I'm assuming Casey went to sleep and actually slept for those four hours. Um, but it looks like she woke up around 8 a.m., and she was using her computer to talk on AIM, which is AOL Instant Messenger for those you who are, don't know. <laughs> if you are under the age of 25, you have no idea how exciting it was to log on to your AOL account, hear that terrible noise, dial I up. I can hear it. Yeah, dial up <laughs> off of your AOL free CD. Remember, you got a 30-day free CD like all That's the time right. in the mail. And the most fun thing you could possibly do is put like fun, a little fun tag on your away message, like fun lyrics, fun, you know, or like, I don't even remember that much gothy, about it. <laughs> I'm much older than you, but if you were a little gothy, you'd so how much older, sad, how sad you were or something, but that was always like a fun thing. So AOL instant message is kind of like, I guess just iMessages now and Facebook messages. That's how we communicate. Right, because there was no social media websites, no Facebook, no MySpace. There was MySpace. Oh, was it <laughs> Because then? she had a, a MySpace page. I did oh, see that. that's true. I forgot about we that, are not, actually. <laughs> see? Not professionals. We are not okay. professionals, and also, we have no idea what year it is. Right. So. <laughs> okay, so this morning, the only reason I'm even talking about this is because this is the day that Kaylee was last seen, so it may or may not be important, but I think it is worth noting um, a few of the things that Kaylee Casey had said to certain people, I have to get their names straight. Yeah. Casey, Kaylee, Casey, Kaylee. Okay. Casey, Kaylee, Cindy, <laughs> and then Brother Lee. Like, exactly. They're all just okay. morphed into one. Um, so around eight in the morning, she was using Instant Messenger uh, to chat with a friend, Ryan Alex Green. And in that conversation, she t mentioned to him that she was planning on moving at the end of the month with her friend, Amy. And it was going to be in a, a place that the, she was going to have with her friend and Kaylee. So... You know, at eight in the morning, even Casey herself is still planning on having Kaylee around. Hmm. So the <clears throat> next thing, of course, that's important is George Anthony had to go to work and he he last saw Casey and Kaylee at 1250 p.m. This is what he says. And that they were leaving the home at that time. Um. But I did think that was a little strange because there were some confirmed phone calls that were made from the Anthony home after 1250 from Casey's cell phone. And they were confirmed that they were made from an area that the cell phone towers were in the area of the Anthony home. So I get a little bit confused because it seems like it's just taken for truth that George saw them leaving at 1250. But then the evidence actually set shows that they were still at home after that. So is it possible that she did leave at that time with Kaylee and went to her job? I'm over here with air quotes right now, <laughs> but she went to her job, but then saw that George was gone, came back home, and then she's making all these calls during that time. I would say that's a theory. Um, however, thank you for throwing me a bone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. However, Tony called Casey at 1 p.m., which of course is just 10 minutes after George says that he last saw her, and they talked for 13 minutes. Now, I guess you could say maybe Casey was sitting in the driveway or was just in the neighborhood talking on the phone, whatever, um, but it was confirmed that those phone calls were made from the location of the Anthony residence. And then, so she did talk to Tony at 1 o'clock 
in the afternoon for 13 minutes. And then later in the afternoon, actually in the same hour at 1.44, her friend Amy, that's supposed to be her future roommate, um, called and they talked for about a half an hour. So 1.44, she was still at least close enough to the Anthony home. Maybe she wasn't in it, but she was close by. She didn't leave and go very far. Um, I know at this point they've come a long way with um, the towers, the cell phone towers. Like even now compared to back then, they've made such advances. But it's not crazy to think she could have been right there. They weren't so far off then that, you know, she was in Daytona, which is about an hour from here. Um compared to where she was. So they might have been a little bit different now. I know in the serial podcast, um, they talk a lot about uh, phone towers and how things were a little different a few years ago. But this is still her being close enough in the area that it makes sense that she was probably home or very, very close. Right. I mean, it was 2008, not 1908. So I think the technology (laughs) was sufficient enough to nail down, you know, a rough area. So I trust that, you know, forensic evidence there a little... You know, enough to believe that she was probably still close to the right. home. Um, and like we said, she may have been putting on the front of going to work. So whether she lied and just said, yeah, we're leaving. And, you know, and so maybe George did not see them, you know. But then I just wonder if I think I would have to go back and look. I'm not sure if he went to work after that because that would be the only way that he would not notice if Casey had come back home, you know, if he actually had left. Um so now Casey's ex-fiance, Jesse Grund, called her also on the 16th at 2.52 in the afternoon. And he testified that he uh, is positive that he heard Kaylee in the background of that phone call, which he said was completely normal. Of course, anyone who has kids knows they're going to be talking in the back and even more so when you're on the phone. <laughs> I like that you use the word talking in the background because we've both called each other when kids are basically playing Game of Thrones behind us and trying to kill each other and screaming bloody murder. So it's very cute that that you think that she was talking in the right. background. Right. <laughs> and so as old as we are, we still prefer texting over Absolutely. calling because, you know, we've figured out that that's actually the best way to get your message across. Um, although our two oldest kids do like to call each other and talk about teleporting and, um, are very convinced that they're going to be the first people to, uh, to create teleporting and neither one of us are either good enough moms to (laughs) tell them no or good enough moms to encourage them. So we're somewhere in the middle and try to change the subject. Yes. My son said, he asked if he would be famous if they did that. And I said, well, I sure hope so. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll be rich. That's right. Do it. Um, Okay. So that brings us up to about three o'clock in the afternoon of the day that Kaylee was last seen. And there was a call made from George Anthony to Casey um, at 3.03 in the afternoon. It was less than one minute long, which... Whenever you look at phone records, or from what I can gather from Googling, I'm speaking like I know for sure. Oh, but we are professionals. We <laughs> went from not being professionals to knowing all of From this. what I can gather. Um, whenever you look at a phone log on like a cell phone records, if it shows that the call was like zero minutes, that would be they didn't pick up or there was no conversation right. made. So if it says one minute, it will show one minute even if it was only like 30 seconds. But it does mean that somebody picked up and for at least that a small amount of time – the lines were connected. So there's like rumors about what did George say on that one minute phone call. Of course, like Melissa had mentioned before, if you go on Reddit, you'll find all kinds of people with theories and, you know, oh, I don't want to be blamed for the Reddit theory, right. but there are a lot of them. <laughs> there's a lot. There's people who think that he called to tell, you know, Casey that he had disposed of Kaylee's body and that everything was, you know, 
taken care of. And of course, there's no evidence for that. But I like tinfoil hat theories. Melissa will tell you that I am a very big tin hatter. So I entertain a lot of those theories, maybe more so than you do. <laughs> we may not be professional professional podcasters, but Mandy will be the resident tinfoil hat, big brother chasing uh, loon in this group. <laughs> That's right. So it's like a double for the lucky listeners. If you like crime, you got it. If you like theories, I got it. Yeah. So and we'll get, definitely get into um, a bunch of theories on what could have possibly happened to Kaylee in our next episode. We decided to make this a two-part because as you can see, um, we're getting pretty far into this, and uh, we haven't even talked about the police uh, oh, we the trial. Barely, We've barely tipped the iceberg. Barely scratched the surface. We're, so we're just getting started. <clears throat> so, okay. So then there was a series of really strange phone calls this afternoon. And now I'm sharing all of these phone calls with everyone because we're trying to build a timeline of when do we think Kaylee actually went missing or, you know, was killed, whatever you believe happened. When did little Kaylee's life come to an end? Um, and we know it was sometime this day. We just don't know exactly when. So as I said shortly before this, um, the fiance, Jesse, or ex-fiance, ex-fiance, I'm sure he would be yeah. really thrilled to hear me say, yeah. <laughs> calling his fiance. Um, he called around three o'clock in the afternoon, says that he heard Kaylee in the background. Um, so now there's a series of interesting phone calls that Casey makes to her parents. Um, she calls George's work at 4:10 in the afternoon. I don't believe she got a hold of him at that time. Um, she turned around at 4:11 and called her mother Cindy two times in this same minute in the 4:11 minute. And I'm assuming she didn't get an answer from them either. Um, she called Cindy again at 4.13. She called George's work again at 4.14. She sent Tony a text at 4.18, 4.19. And that's Tony Lazaro, who was her very serious boyfriend. Um, let's see. And then she called Tony at 4.19, called her ex-fiance, Jesse, at 4.21, called Cindy again at 4.25. So... In the time between 4.10 p.m. and 4.25, she made a lot of phone calls. And so to me, again, with my tinfoil hat, I believe that it was somewhere in that time um, that possibly something happened or that Casey may have discovered a problem with Kaylee um, and that she kind of panicked and frantically started trying to get a hold of her parents and, you know, just not knowing what to do and couldn't get a hold of anyone and so possibly was left to her own devices and... To come up with whatever up crazy yeah. story she was going to come up with. Um, but then there was no cell phone activity between 425 and 630, which I do think is strange. Yeah. To go. For somebody who's texting and calling in the middle of the night and then you go MIA for two hours. It's a lot of It's a little a strange. Of it's a little strange. And especially when you can see that she was trying to reach anyone that she could possibly anyone. get a hold of. Um, so who knows what she did in that two hours. But I think, like I said, that. uh, Kaylee was, there was something already very wrong at this point. Um, So Casey then just went to Tony Lazaro's apartment and spent the rest of the evening there. She did call her mom again at 630 uh, and 632. And then she called the Anthony home at 632 as well. And that was a one minute conversation. So again, that means somebody did pick up the phone. Um, and then she called again at to the house at 7.06, another short conversation, two minutes long. Um, and then she called a cup, her friend Amy a couple of times. And then there was no activity again from 8.03 p.m. until 
midnight the next day, June 17th. So these like lulls in phone time, to me, it's a little sketch. Well, we do know in the eight o'clock hour, she was at Blockbuster with Tony. That's right. I forgot about there that. There is, uh, yeah, there's uh, camera footage of her at uh, Blockbuster just strolling around getting a movie without Kaylee. And one thing I think that's important to bring up is that Casey always brought Kaylee with her to Tony's. It wasn't something where she left her with George and Cindy. Just if Kaylee, uh, if Casey was there, then Kaylee was there. So for there to start to be this, you know, her her not being there was not to say strange, but it probably didn't happen very often because she is a mom. She She does need to bring her daughter with her. So for them to be together, you know, it's interesting to think of what she might have said to him. Like, what what's the reason um, Casey wasn't Kaylee wasn't there? Um, I know that she did tell him a lot as this gets further on that um, that Kaylee would be with Cindy and George, but was obviously giving Cindy and George a different story. Hey guys, check out our friends over at TrueCrimeClothing.com. If you like true crime like us, which you do because you're here listening to us, then you'll love the apparel that they offer. Our favorite is a t-shirt that reads, The Husband Did It, because if you've ever watched Dateline, you know The Husband Always Did It. Again, that's TrueCrimeClothing.com. Check them out. So now we are up to the point, you know, Kaylee is definitely missing at this point. Um, Nobody really has any clue that there's anything wrong except for Casey herself, who of course isn't going to share anything about it with anyone for quite some time. Um, for those of you familiar with the case, you'll know that the next 31 days, um, were a little bit crazy and Casey had some very strange behavior for someone who daughter, you know, someone whose daughter was potentially missing as she said she was. Um, she did a, Basically, she was out partying and just having living up the life. You know, that was kind of one thing. That's one of the things that made Casey Anthony like the most hated woman in the world, I think, was um, when all all the evidence came out of the things that she was doing during this time period, you know, before she reported her daughter missing, which is a huge fact of the case for people who don't know. It took her 31 days before she actually reported her child missing. And doesn't even, you'll find out about this later, but... It's not her own idea to even come forward to say that her daughter's missing. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But she apparently would have let this go on till who knows how long. Correct. And so I know a lot of people might be like, well, where was she sleeping if she was living at home with the parents? And George saw her and Kaylee, you know, the day of the 15th. People might be wondering, well, where did Kay, you know Casey go to in order to hide? We know she wasn't at work. <laughs> we know that much. Yeah, she definitely was not at work, but she kept herself busy. Um, she was, by most accounts, I guess on most nights she was staying with the boyfriend, Tony Lazaro. It sounds like she kind of, like I said, again, bounced around couch to couch and really wherever she could stay, told the parents one lie, told whoever she had to lie to to make her story believable, then she lied to that person. So there was some notable times when she had some really bizarre behavior. Um, one of the ones that like stood out to me was on the third day after Kaylee's uh, disappearance. Um, she went to the neighbor's house, I guess, the Anthony from the Anthony home, the right. neighbor's house, and apparently asked to borrow a shovel and said that she had to um, dig up a root or something that was uh, making her trip in her parents' backyard. And the neighbor did let her borrow the shovel. 
and she had it for several hours before returning it. And I guess, you know, some people think that was no big deal. I think it's kind of odd. It doesn't seem like she was a real go-getter. So it seems like she would have told her dad, this root's bothering me, her mom. Based on everything else in her life, I don't feel like she would have been the one to say, well, I'm going to take care of this problem and go get a shovel. That's not really her M.O. through this whole thing. Right. And like if it was me, honestly, if I needed a shovel, I am not going to knock on my neighbor's door and ask to borrow one. Most likely I'm just going to drive to Ace Hardware and buy one. Also, we're married and this is part of the reason we're married. <laughs> I don't even we know how to use a shovel. Kind of things. Yeah. <laughs> shovels are not in our everyday thing. We have dish soap for days, but shovels, not it, really. Not happening. Thing. Yeah. Um, okay, so on day five, which brings us up to June 20th, 2008, uh, Casey is asking friends, texting around, who wants to go out? I want to go out and have a great time. There was going to be um, a hot body contest. I guess this went on for two nights from uh, what I'm looking at here. Um, it says the it was a Friday and a Saturday. So I think that Tony and his roommates... Um, were DJs, and this was part of an event that they were at at Fusion Nightclub. Is that right? Fusion Lounge. Oh, Fusion Lounge. I'm sorry, Lounge. I, I'm, I'm not <laughs> up to date with my um, my bars in 2008. But um, yeah, so I think they were part of it. So she was going along and clearly had some confidence to go up in a hot body contest. Right. And I'm sure you've seen those pictures all over when she was on when this story was on Nancy Grace. The top mom. Stop. Every, <laughs> if I have every, to hear that term. You promised we weren't going to say yeah, that. <laughs> nope. Too bad. Top mom. When she was on there, they showed her pictures constantly. So if you saw these like reckless, crazy, you know, pictures of her during that time, it probably came from this uh, hot body contest, which actually makes me feel a little ill to have to say multiple times. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to refer to it as her night at Fusion. Right. And so the first night of this, uh, the 20th, that Friday, Casey apparently got really, really drunk and ran up a bar tab of $60, I guess, on Tony's, under Tony's name, or somehow, somehow she got him to pay for it. Right. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Um, but she got intoxicated and, yeah, had a great time, apparently. So according to the according pictures. According to the pictures. It was <laughs> she looked like she had life. a great time. And she did spend that weekend at Tony's. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> on the seventh day after Kaylee was last seen, uh, she was still with Tony and she was continuing to tell the Zanny the Nanny lie to anyone who needed to hear it. I guess she would just say that whenever she needed an excuse, you know, to where Kaylee was. She would go telling people that uh, Kaylee was with the nanny at the beach or staying at Universal. Yeah. Which, okay, the kid was like three. So I don't know about you. We both have kids who are not much older than that. And I really don't see myself just saying, here, honey, go to the beach. Yeah. With a, with your nanny. Nanny. I mean. You know, for overnight or for days at a time. Yeah, days at a time. Also, in, in everyone that was around her, how did they think she was able to afford this nanny? Because you're my babysitter. I'm your babysitter, and that's how we pay each other. How does somebody who, even if she just worked at Universal, but as a single mom who's trying to move out at times, she says, how do the people in her life think she's paying for this person to do all this stuff with her? Even if she's going to Universal or going to Disney or wherever, I'm assuming the mom would be paying for these tickets, so just have a lot of questions with no dad in the picture. 
again, I feel like everyone around her kind of just believed her, even when these lies just seemed bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think sometimes people choose to believe what they want to believe. And I feel like this case, you see that a lot. Yeah. That's a really interesting point actually about how expensive it is to go, just go to theme parks. You know, we live here and I barely ever go to a theme park because it's just so out of reach. If you don't know somebody (laughs) that can get you a free ticket, we're not going. That's, it's just ridiculous. But I get that people do love it and come here from all over. But if you live here, you're kind of like waiting to know somebody that works there. Right. And that's what, that's what I do. I just, (laughs) I just wait for a friend who can get me in for free. But yeah, as we know, Casey didn't have a job and I think it would be, nobody would expect the nanny to pay for the child's way to go on these elaborate trips like that. That's just ridiculous. That would not happen. Um, so day eight, Casey runs out of gas, which I guess must be a habit of hers because this is the first time of one of two times that she does this in this month period. Um, and she called the boyfriend, Tony, to come help. And he did pick her up, I believe. They went to the Anthony residence together and Tony broke the lock on George Anthony's shed so that he could get gas cans, I guess, that already had gas in them and take them back to Casey's car. So this was the day that some people may remember it was in the news that Casey stole the gas from the Anthony residence, didn't tell her parents that she had been there or anything like that. It was to the point where George actually reported the gas can stolen to the police. Um, So on day 10, Casey tells her friend Amy in a text message that her vehicle smells like a dead animal is stuck under the hood, which looking back at this whole case... I think is a very telling thing to like, you know, instead of just saying, oh, my car smells like rotten eggs or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Literally said it smells like a dead animal. Well, that just gives me the heebie-jeebies just even thinking about it because why would you say that? Yeah. You know, and of course, like it just speaks to how like crazy Casey must have been or is, I guess. She's still alive. So. (laughs) Yeah. That's a weird, that's a very distinct smell. You know, at some point. The theories brought up about garbage being there and stuff, and um, garbage doesn't really smell like a dead animal. I've had garbage plenty like of garbage, garbage yeah. in my car with children being in there. The children are not garbage, but they carry lots of garbage. <laughs> they create lots of garbage, and it does not smell like a dead animal. No, we affectionately call our vehicles uh, mobile dumpsters, so we are very familiar with how trash very our familiar. car smells. Absolutely. Uh, I wouldn't describe it as dead animal, yeah. but you know. Uh, so the next day, day 11, we're marching on with these days, and the behavior just keeps getting more and more strange. Uh, Casey is using her photo bucket account, which is just an image hosting website. I don't think people still use that anymore. I don't think so. I, I forgot it was a thing. Yeah, I know. I have an old account, and I've logged I've logged in and looked at the stuff I used to put on there, but it's a whole bunch of, like, graphics and, like, different oh, things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what used to be the cool thing right. to do, I guess. It must have been because I was doing it at the time. <laughs> I don't think I did it much, but that just says how uncool I was. Are you ready to revolutionize the way you enjoy food and essentials at home? Introducing Dash Pass from DoorDash, your ultimate ticket to convenience and savings. 
With DashPass, you gain exclusive access to unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders, along with members-only deals and discounts that will leave your wallet smiling. Whether you're craving the flavors of your favorite restaurants, need groceries from across town, or anything in between, DashPass ensures that everything you need is just a few clicks away, delivered right to your door. With DashPass, not only do you enjoy $0 delivery fees, but you'll also benefit from lower service fees on eligible orders, making it the most affordable way to satisfy your cravings and stock up on essentials from your local favorites. What I really love is how quickly DashPass pays for itself. On average, it takes just two orders, which makes it a no-brainer investment for your budget. And as if that weren't enough, DashPass grants you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, adding an extra layer of excitement to your DoorDash experience. You get all this for only $9.99 a month, which is a small price to pay for unlimited convenience and savings. My family and I have had DoorDash for the past year or so, and while I make most meals at home, I don't know that I could mom without it. I used it twice just this past week while we were dealing with a stomach bug at home, and it was so nice to have and to be able to focus on getting better and not running all over town to pick everything up for everyone. Don't wait. Sign up for DashPass now and unlock a world of possibilities, all from the comfort of your home. DashPass from DoorDash, delivering joy, convenience, and savings straight to your doorstep. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. So on day 11, which is June 26, 2008, Casey is uploading all of these graphic images, uh, potential tattoos, I guess, that she might want to have, you know, love graphics, tattoo boys, flower graphics, just all these different things, assuming that she's looking at potentially getting a tattoo, right? um, which she does end up doing. And that was another big deal in the case that Casey got a tattoo that said Bella Vita, which means beautiful life. And of course, meanwhile, this is while her daughter is missing and nobody has seen her. And Casey still at this point has not even told anyone that there's anything wrong with Kaylee. She has just been saying, you know, with the nanny and having a great time at the beach and at Disney and all that fun stuff. Here's my thought on a tattoo in a different language. You've got to be very confident in what that tattoo says. Now, hers makes sense. My husband has a tattoo with Chinese characters that he thought said hope, love, and strength, but it actually says hope, love, and very strong. <laughs> Which <laughs> is, that is true? <laughs> it's very true. It's, but it's in Chinese, so you can't read it, and I can't read it, but he's going around with this faulty tattoo. Um, so anyway, I found it interesting that she, uh, she had a tattoo made and I'm glad to see that it says the beautiful life is what it means, which is also incredibly strange. Not only that she got the tattoo, but her daughter's missing and she's talking about this beautiful life that she has. I could see if she had made some kind of a tribute to her daughter that nobody really knew about at that time. You'd think there'd be remorse or you'd feel bad, but having this beautiful life thing really throws me for a loop. And I remember finding out about this and being super disturbed by that. It's extremely disturbing. I mean, honestly, who... I just can't even rationalize or justify getting a tattoo like that or really any of her behavior at this point. Right. 
you know, I guess, like I said, I just like to see the good in everyone. Maybe she just really lost it. It was so grief stricken. Maybe you've lost it because <laughs> I don't think you can excuse that one. That one's, okay. that one's rough. Probably not. Okay. <laughs> so day 14. Now it's been two weeks since uh, Kaylee was last. Am I yelling? I feel like I'm yelling. It was two weeks since Kaylee was last seen. Um, and so now we're on June 29th, 2008. We are getting towards the end of June now. And... Casey's car was left in an Amscot parking lot, and apparently it stayed parked there for several days. So where her car was left is a super busy intersection in Orlando. I, When I worked in Orlando, I drove by it all the time, and it's obviously if you have a car there overnight, they're going to figure it out. Like It's kind of a silly place to leave it. If you have an option, you're going to go off somewhere else, but to leave her car there was a little strange losing gas or not you kind of want to be off of that maybe Maybe she was going to amscott to try and borrow money (laughs) because she obviously didn't have money right so it makes you wonder why she was even at an amscott i actually said the wrong date she left it there on the 12th date which was june 27th and then it was there until the 15th day so that's when they found the car in the amscott lot or I guess the, they had probably already known it was there. That was the day that it got towed. Uh, June 30th was the day the vehicle got towed uh, with Kaylee's baby doll car seat and belongings inside the vehicle. So I guess that tells you that Kaylee, wherever she was, was without a car seat and without her favorite teddy bear. Yeah, that's strange in itself. I hadn't thought about that to... You would think even if your car runs out of gas, but you know your daughter's around somewhere, you're grabbing the car seat, lugging that along. Right. Nobody and, wants to do that, but you're not going to leave it in the parking lot. Your daughter needs it. Right. And some people do have extra car seats. I don't think Casey was one of those people. Well, I don't. rich people do. Right. No. <laughs> you know, they have a car seat for every vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> I did with my daughter because we had like a everybody picking up and dropping off kind of situation. So it makes sense if Cindy or George did, but she's not staying with them right now. So... How is, you know, Kaylee getting around? She's still very little. Right. She needs a car seat. Right. Um, So at this point, we are up to day 16 and 17. Now we're in the beginning of July. And Casey is still staying with friends. Um, Her friend Amy, who was the one who was supposed to be being a roommate with her, I guess has been hanging out with Casey. They've been seeing each other a lot. They've been doing a lot of partying together. And Amy at this point realizes that she is missing $400 of cash that she had. And of course, immediately kind of suspects Casey just based on past history, but doesn't really press the issue very much. I know that she did send her a few text messages saying like, did you see my $400? Yeah. Did you see my $400? (laughs) Yeah. Did you, you know. see it walking out the door? <laughs> right. <laughs> you only ask someone if you yeah, think yeah, they stole yeah, it. Yeah. So Casey, of course, said, no, I can't believe that you lost $400. Like, That's nice to turn it around on the victim. <laughs> right. Can't believe you would do that. Yeah. So, of course, says that she didn't have a clue. You know, Amy let it go, I guess, didn't really confront her at that point. But this just continues to speak to Casey's mindset and, you know, type of person that she was. That she was still out doing all this, stealing money. You know, we kind of have this picture painted of how she would just kind of beg, steal, or borrow yeah. to get whatever she needed and get where she, even if it was friends, you know. And she did seem to have a lot of friends. Somehow, they all 
stuck by her side. I right. Guess. But they were all being lied to. So if you're getting this picture of a responsible parent, you know, working, whatever, trying to make a better life for herself, then, you know, they probably want to even help her out some because they the dad's not in the picture. Um, you know, maybe these are just good people. I'm going to take the part of good cop now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll be good cop on this one. Maybe they were just nice people. So over the next several days, you know, day 18, 19, 20, it's just a lot of Casey being seen around town, shopping at Target, you know, going to, oh gosh, all kinds of different stores, different nightclubs, bars. She goes to the Lake Eola fireworks on the 4th of July. You know, she really is just out having a great time. She's out there doing a lot more. I mean, it makes me tired just reading this list of things that she was doing this whole entire week. Shopping at Ikea, shopping at Target. Guys, Ikea is like, will steal your soul if you're in there too long. <laughs> I can't imagine going in that store. Ugh. With kids, it's already the most difficult thing. So she had that. But um, that store will just suck the life right out of you. And if you're doing that and going to Target with I guess Amy's money at this point, you know, not yet. Yes. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up because she, Amy did go on a vacation to Puerto Rico during this time frame and uh, Casey was permitted to use Amy's car. So she did that. And then, you know, her friend was generous enough to let her use her vehicle. So how am I going to repay her? I'm going to steal her checkbook right sure. out of there and just write checks out of it yeah. <laughs> and make my purchases. So she did do that. She stole checks from her friend Amy's car, forged the checks. She was seen um, on surveillance at a bank taking out money. She was seen on surveillance at Target writing checks for purchases. And we're not just talking like little. We're talking like $100 every time she wrote a check. It was 100 or more. You right. know, some of them were, were up there. Um, my question, I guess it's to mindset, is if you are stealing checks from somebody, if somebody ever looks at their bank statement or like doesn't have a ton of money, they're going to notice hundreds of dollars are gone when they're on vacation in Puerto Rico right. <laughs> and didn't bring their checkbook. So she bought herself what, like a month she thought she would get away with this? Like, I don't quite get the end game if she maybe thought she was going to get caught with all this or... And she was just burning bridges as she went. I, I don't, I don't, I don't get I don't it either. Get it. And that <laughs> makes me wonder like kind of just how like stable of a person she really was or, you know, because of course you have to realize whenever you're doing lies like this and you're doing these kinds of things, like, like, what are you thinking is going to happen? Are you right. thinking everyone's going to find out, but they're just going to be cool with it? Best case or are you here. thinking that you're just going to continue like lying for the rest of your life to all these yeah. people and hiding it? And, you know, surely you understand she was, tw you know, in her twenties, like, you know, by that point in life that you can't get away with, these are like big lies. These right, are right. huge, you know, these stealing are, you money. These are right. lies. There's right. not like... And and you have your face on camera, like right. writing a check out of someone else's checkbook and signing it and, you know. Okay, so we are now on day 28 of the 31 days of craziness that Casey Anthony went. <laughs> that's what it should be called. Yeah, that's what I'm going to call it from now on. Um, I really, you know, I'm trying to speed this up, but there is so much stuff that she did that was so crazy. You'll just have to take my word for it. <laughs> I mean, I can't get into everything. I really can't because... We it, don't have that kind of time. We you just don't have, don't that, have kind that, of that kind of time. We have families that probably need us at some point. So <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, but on this 28th day, she is still partying, going out to clubs. I think, 
yeah, she was talking to friends. They were talking about going out to the beach. They were hungover. You know, they just more of the same, you know, behavior that she's been doing all along. Uh, but on this day, Cindy actually sent an email or uh, yeah, from Yahoo Mail to Casey and basically was asking if she was ever going to see Kaylee again. She said, and I'm quoting this portion. Um, I've tried not to bug you to death, but I still haven't gotten to see pictures of Kaylee or gotten to speak to her. It's been over a month now. Am I ever going to see her again? I had a breakdown at work. Can't take much more stress. Oh man! So at this point, and I just, my heart goes out to Cindy at this point because I can't imagine, and my mom, first of all, would never let me get away with any of this. No. <laughs> if there was any, you know, if she doesn't talk to my kids for a week, she's going to be asking, you know, where are the kids? What did you do? Right. Um, so this is just crazy. I just can't imagine, especially after all of the nonsense and, you know, Casey just disappeared, you know, a court, if you think from George and Cindy's perspective, they haven't seen either one of them yeah. since, you know, June 16th. Well, and they're living with basically a stranger to the Anthony's, you know, and so little Kaylee's living with the mom's new boyfriend of six weeks. That has to be terrifying to the parents when they don't know what's going on. By all accounts, Tony seems like a really great guy who got thrown into the middle of this and, you know, just wanted out. But, um, you know, they're staying at his house, so it's got to be nerve wracking for Cindy and George not knowing him and knowing what Kaylee could possibly be around and not hearing from her. So July 15th, 2008, we are now at the 30 day mark since Kaylee was last seen. And this is the day that George and Cindy are going to pick up Casey's vehicle that was towed from Amscott uh, from the tow yard, wherever they had it towed. So George went down to get the car and immediately this is they the anthony's have kind of retracted some of their statements since they first made them um probably to protect casey as much as they possibly could but in the heat of the moment these are the things that they said george said that he thought the car smelled and being former law enforcement he knows what right a you know decaying body would smell like exactly so he's no stranger to that smell and same thing for cindy being a nurse you know this is these are it's not something that either one of them would be unfamiliar with well even in that um the docu-series that we watched you hear the police officers saying to cindy cindy when you had to work in the morgue whenever you were going to school you know what that smell was like and she agreed during the police interrogation later she retracted basically everything she said here but um that's kind of where they Started with the smells. Right. So when they picked up Casey's car, of course, being her parents and obviously knowing that they have not seen their daughter or granddaughter for the last month, now they're kind of getting like warning bells going off. Like, what's going on here? You know, why is the vehicle towed? Because they owned the vehicle, right? right? That was their vehicle. Yeah. Um, that's why they had gotten the letter to go pick it up. Um, so of course being parents, you know, now they're starting, now they're starting to do their own detective work and trying to track down their daughter and find out what exactly is going on. Why did she ditch the car? Why hasn't she mentioned that the car has been towed? You know, all of those questions that are basically the last month of things is now coming to a head. And Casey is just a short time away from getting all of this raining down on her and having a lot of hard questions to answer, not only from her parents, but, you know, eventually from the police. Um, Of course, Cindy started contacting Casey's friends, asking if they knew where she was, contacted Amy. Um, You know, Amy said, you know, no, I don't. Well, actually, just kidding. (laughs) She didn't say she didn't. She did say she knew where uh, Casey was. And 
eventually they did all get together. Casey did end up going home to the Anthony home. Um, and that's when everything gets... And that's when everything gets a little... Crazy. Just really, really crazy. Escalated. Yes. And I know some people are going to be very upset because we're actually going to end this shortly and like leave you guessing. <laughs> I guess not really if you know the case, but... Um, You've had 10 years to figure this out. We're right. Just, we're just giving you extra details. <laughs> right. So Cindy apparently had a very bad reaction to the car. Once the car was brought home by George and parked in the garage of the family home, Cindy had gone out to check things out and she also stated that the car smelled terrible. Um, I guess Amy had said that Cindy's reaction to the smell was that it was so pungent that they really thought that Kaylee was in the trunk of the car. That's how strong that they said the smell was, which I'm sorry, there's no way to retract that and then say, oh, just kidding. I think it was pizza. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's old pizza. Right. If it was really that bad, you know, something is definitely fishy there. Um, So at this point, Cindy makes uh, her first 911 call and basically just says that she wants her daughter Casey arrested for auto theft and for stealing money. And um, Casey is in the home at this time. And so meanwhile, while Cindy's on the phone with the Orange County Sheriff's Office, Cindy is threatening Casey to remove Kaylee from her custody. And Casey is just begging her to give her one more day, you know, give her another day and she'll, I guess... I don't know, have another day to make up more stories. I don't know. Um, But Cindy said, no, you know, I gave you a month and we haven't heard from, you know, anything. So she was not willing to give Casey any more time. And especially with all these new developments. And I can only just imagine what was going through Cindy and George's minds at this point. Yeah. And then of course, Casey's there without her daughter and where, you know, where is she? And well, Cindy's freaking out in that email saying she's breaking down at work over not seeing her. So now you add this smell into a towed car and all this and no way is she going to give her daughter five more minutes to figure this out. Right. And so meanwhile, of course, anytime that uh, Casey has spoken with her parents over the last month, uh, she has, of course, said, oh, Kaylee's fine. She's having a great time, you know, sell- telling the same lies that she tells everyone else, you know, about where Case- uh, Kaylee's whereabouts are. Um, but then Cindy heard Casey speaking to her brother Lee in the driveway and, uh, overhears Casey tell her brother that her daughter has been missing for 31 days. So this is like a bombshell. Of course, this is the first anyone's really heard of this and Casey's so nonchalant, like, oh yeah, haven't seen her. (laughs) You know, imagine your child being missing for 31 seconds. No. Right. Absolutely not. Yeah. This Uh, is, uh, amazingly just out there to to hear mom say this. Right. I'm just at a loss for words. And right. from what, even what her brother testified that she was pretty cool and collected, you know, right. while saying this, but then she said, Oh wait, well, uh, actually she says, um, I did talk to Kaylee earlier today. They called. I don't know where this came from. Right. I guess this is just more lies on top saving of lies. Face. <laughs> right. Or trying to, yeah. you know, there, there's at this point, you know, she has to know there's no getting out of this one. Right. Like, you know, you show up home after a month and you, t- you say like you have, you know, as you'll see in the next episode, she does think she can get out of this. <laughs> she does. And she tries. She tries. Um, so Cindy makes a second call to 911 and says uh, that she wants Casey arrested. Uh, again, states missing auto, you're stealing an automobile, missing money, and possible now missing child. Um, and she makes the famous 911 call that everybody probably has heard where she is saying, you know, that there's something terribly wrong. They found the daughter's car and it smells like there's been a dead body in the car. Um, of course that 
911 tape was very, I guess you would say, damning for Casey. Yeah. And that was definitely played for, you know, the jury in her trial. Um, and on Nancy Grace, Tot Mom stop special. Stop it. Every <laughs> night. Every night that was like the intro leading into the story. So from there, you know, we basically just go into where the police now swarm the residents and, of course, are very invested in this because now it's gone from just a simple, oh, we have a storyteller who just tells lies right. to we have a missing child and there is definitely a problem because already from the get-go, this case is not normal. Nobody waits this long to report a child missing. From the police point of view... Of course, they know, you know, the more time that passes with a missing child's case or anything, they'll obviously less likely or to solve it or to right. find the child alive or otherwise. Um, you know, at this point, of course, now they're already starting off behind the curve. They don't, they have not collected evidence. You know, it's been this long. Yeah. Now they know the chances are probably not good at piecing this case together and really finding out a solid answer. Absolutely. And she, of course, you know, has one story after the other, as you will see in our next episode. Um, so we are going to leave you guys here today. And we really hope you'll join us again next week for part two of the Casey Anthony saga. Thanks so much for listening to the Moms and Murder podcast. Make sure to check back with us next week for a new episode. You can also find us at momsandmurder.com where you can connect with us via social media. Please make sure you subscribe and give us five stars because giving us four stars would be a crime. Thanks so much.